0: so happy that you're here today absolutely so glad that you came and so glad that you made the effort to be here my is that the rain thank you Jesus I love it I I, I truly am I'm so grateful that you're here I miss the sound of your voices I miss as I love being here I love standing there and listening to the sound of your voices and expressing in worship. I absolutely love it to bits. And so we miss having you here. We miss uh, seeing you, miss being with you. And it's great to have you here. And I, I totally believe in my heart. Lord wants to speak to you and encourage you this morning. And uh, you may be here and you. And I believe that there are people here today. Um, and I believe this message is going to help you. But where there's been a, uh, where there's disappointment, where, where, there's, where stuff has got over your life, I'm praying with all my heart that the Holy Spirit would come, just come over your life in great power again today. This is Pentecost Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, again, I am truly excited. I've come here expecting, and I encourage you to be expectant. Don't allow, don't allow the wet blanket to get over your life because I'm not going to help you one bit welcome to those watching online as well. And so uh, I want to, a, a Pentecost Sunday, for many people, uh, not quite, not always sure what Pentecost Sunday is all about. So I want to open up a little bit of scripture for you tonight, uh, this morning, and uh, just explain a little bit, but also I believe in the Holy Spirit would cause you to arise. It would cause you to be a standing up inside of your life. And um, it's known as Pentecost Sunday because it was uh, the word Pentecost is—it's it, basically in Greek. It's 50 days after uh, the the Sabbath, or, or uh, the 50 days after that, the Last Supper. Uh, it's also known as. Um, so when, it, when we look at Pentecost Sunday, it, it's interesting to see that the Holy Spirit wasn't—it wasn't just a random time that He came. It wasn't just a random. He didn't just say, "Well, this is just a good idea to come on this day." No, there was there, was, there was a much more deeper significance to it than that, and uh, and I believe when we catch the significance of that, we can uh, it can really do something in our lives. So, Pentecost Sunday, what happened when the Holy Spirit was poured out? It's also known as White Sunday or uh, the Whit Sunday, which is where you get the Whit Sunday Islands from. Uh, but, anyway, it's just been a useless information for you. But the whole thing, the whole outpouring of the Holy Spirit, had been prophesied, had been promised by by Jesus Himself, and then when it came, it came at a certain time. So it came uh, at a backdrop. There was other things that was happening at the particular time. So the backdrop against it was this, that. When you look at the scripture, it says, and when the day of Pentecost had come. In other words, it was actually a celebration. There were two celebrations that were being, uh, or there were two feasts that were being celebrated. There were two occasions that were being celebrated at that time. And so the first one was this, it was called Shavuot. Shavuot was this. The Shavuot is a celebration that had been going since the God's revelation at Sinai. So uh, again, it was a gift. It was a time of revelation. It was a time where God revealed himself where God revealed himself. So God is an invisible spiritual being, but he reveals himself. We, uh, there, there, we, can, uh, we, we can know him. We can walk with him. It was never... So you and I were always designed to walk in intimacy with God. We were always designed to, to be a reflection of God's glory. We were always designed to be their image. The Bible says, uh, God said in the beginning, let us make man in our own image, or let us make man in our own reflection. So in other words, you and I were designed by God to be a reflection of him. I love that. That God designed you to reflect him. That the God of all glory, the God of heaven and earth, Designed you fearfully and wonderfully, designed everything about you, designed you so that you would reflect what he is like. So that even though people could not see him visually, they could see what he was like. They could see the reflection of him. My, my daughter once asked, How come the moon is shining? I don't know if it was you, Madison, but how come the moon is shining? What makes the moon shine? It's not the sun. What makes the moon shine? What makes the moon shine? <laughs> Who was thinking that? Somebody was thinking that. So you obviously look at the sun, the sun and the moon. I mean, the moon has no, no light of itself. So the only, moon, the only light that it can give is that which is reflected from the sun. So in the same way, you and I are called to reflect. Reflect. I mean, at the end of the day, you and I just were made of the dust. So you and I were designed to reflect the goodness and the glory of God. Yeah. I love that. So what's happened? And one of the things I see is this: that sin is like an eclipse. Sin starts to sh- starts to take the shine off, and sin, sin brought a separation. But it's, it's never it's never changed. The intention of God. The intention of God is that you would walk in relationship with Him and, two, that you would reflect what He is like, that you would carry His life, that you would carry His image, that even though people may not be able to see God directly, they know that God exists because they can see Him in your life. They can see that God loves them, that they see that God is not angry because they can see it in your life that you're a happy person, that you're somebody that's not swayed by what's going on in the world, that you carry hope, that you carry life, that you carry power, you carry creativity. Yes, that is the life that God has called me to live and God has called us as a church to live. That we would carry his reflection. So obviously, this sin became a separation uh, on that. But God, it never, never changed God's uh, intention. So one of the things He did was this: He made Himself known gradually over time. In other words, He He made He made the initiative. He He took steps to come closer. And today, He's still taking steps to come closer to you. The question is always this: Will we respond, or will we just sit back? Just wait and be passive. He is always reaching out. The question is this, will we respond or will we not? So one of the first, um, we can see back in Exodus where he said, I I can see the cry of my people, so I have come, so that they could bring them up out of this place into into a new land. Then we see... uh, the, the, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments was, was simply not a bunch of rules for you and I to live by. That is not the heart and the spirit behind it. The heart and the spirit behind it was this. The intention is this. Is a, is that is a, a marriage covenant. It is a it is a it is a uh, what's the word? It is a um, an action by God to come close to us. To come and have an intimate relationship with a broken people. So that is the nature of God. So when the 10, come, and we, we also read in Genesis was this, uh, have them build me a tabernacle. So not, in, um, it's not in Genesis. Have them build me a tabernacle that I may come and dwell amongst them. In other words, the whole idea that God does not just exist up in the heavens somewhere, but he would want to live as close to us as a neighbor would. That was a whole revelation that no one actually understood before except Adam. So the idea of us of us of them wanting to be close to us, but it also commands a response, and then it goes down further. It say, and with Jesus. It, it's not just about being close, but he, he reveals himself again in and, and his son, Jesus Christ. The scripture says that God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. In other words, he wasn't dwelling near to us as a cloud or as a fire, but he was manifest as a person. We could reach out and touch him. He touched people. He touched the lepers. He touched the people in society. He brought hope. He brought compassion. He brought love. He brought hope to people's lives. We could talk to, you could talk to him. It was God, Emmanuel, God with us. But he didn't stop there. The next place was, the next level along was the day of Pentecost, which was another closer, it was even a closer step still. So we can understand through this, the progression of God is always to come close and is never to remain at a distance. So what is the intention behind it? And So we understand through so this, so Shavuot was, uh, this is what they celebrated, was Shavuot, the, 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 the God stepping out of heaven to come close to us. But what they didn't realise, where they really came close, they missed them. <laughs> but yet they still celebrated. They, so this was a celebration. The other one, it was the other celebration, was known as the harvest festival, which is where the harvest was wheat uh, was was celebrated. In other words, what it was, it was a great big field day. It's what it was. When you think about the field days here in New Zealand. They have, it's a, it's almost like a celebration of all things agriculture. In other words, it's, it's, I don't know if you've been to the farmers' market, but it's like the farmers' market on steroids. It's like everybody bought their um, their grain, they bought their uh, they bought their steaks, they bought their sausages, they bought everything. It was a it was an agricultural field day. That's what it was. And so, what people would do was, when they would come, they would celebrate the harvest. They would celebrate the fact that God had blessed them. God had blessed them with grain. God had blessed them with with stuff to eat. And, It was a celebration of harvest. So there's two great big celebrations, one of harvest and one of the closeness of God or the covenant of God. So it's at this place that the Holy Spirit, where God had planned that the Holy Spirit would be poured out. So in this setting, when they were all together in one place, this is where the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. And so the the day where the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh, they would receive power and ability and be able to be witnesses to Jesus to the end of the earth so The whole idea of being a witness is that you are also a reflection, that we are witnesses to the power. We are are witnesses to the nature and the person of Jesus Christ. That there is the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. So the Holy Spirit uh, was—he would come upon us, but he would also come within us. He would also want to dwell in us, not just around us, but in us, in you. So the whole desire of the Holy Spirit is not just that he would come over us, but he would come into us and walk with us. That God would make his home in our hearts. That God would make his home in your heart. Isn't that just a beautiful thing? It's a beautiful thing to know that. And so it's on this occasion where the Holy Spirit came, where the Holy Spirit was poured out. You've got to wonder, and this is where I want to get to. You think about the times that must have just happened. So you think about the disciples, you think about all the disciples that were in the upper room. And I don't know about you, but I've had some pretty wacky experiences, some pretty crazy experiences. I've seen some very crazy things in my time. I don't know about you, but I certainly have. But one of the things I often reply, after I've had an amazing experience, whether it's a high one or it's a low one, or it's a whatever the experience, I'm often playing it out in my head thinking, what is the meaning of all this? it was even just recently when I was out praying in my garden in the middle of the night or late, late at night I was looking at some of the past experiences that I've walked through over the last year or so things that didn't quite make sense to me things that I still look back on and th- say what was the point of all that why why did I go through some of those dark moments why did I do that why? what was the purpose in all of that you understand what I mean? Sometimes we reflect on some of these things. And so I can imagine that the disciples also must have been reflecting. You've got to think what they've been through, what they've just experienced. they had been called out of, out, of, out of the life that they were living. I mean, what a radical change just to start with. And they started to walk with Jesus and started to see and experience what had been prophesied for thousands of years. They started to experience. Can you imagine the day that the penny dropped? prophecies that have been there for thousands of years, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, is this it? It's happening now. And so they started to walk, and they started to experience things that they had never experienced before. It perplexed them. You think about it. They would have gone through and watched the leper's man got cleansed, the, the woman that was bleeding. She got healed. People raised to life. Even Peter walking on the water. You think about it. They must have been reflecting on all that. They must have also been reflecting on the day that it was only 50 days prior where Jesus basically dropped the, the big bomb saying, one of you are going to betray me. And actually, this is now going to take a direction that none of you ever thought was going to happen, that I was going to go on, onto the cross, I'll come off on the cross. No one, None of them were expecting that. Not one. They all thought God, he was going to do something completely different. But they did... The Lord did something completely unexpected. You imagine the trauma. You imagine what must have been going on through their mind. Peter must have remembered the day where Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. But I pray that when you are strong, I pray that your faith would be strong. And that when you have come back, that you would strengthen your brothers. In other words, he knew, Jesus knew, this is, going to be an amazing, this is going to be an up and down time for Peter. Can you imagine for Peter at this time thinking of all of that? And then all of a sudden he's, he's denying the very person that he loved, the very person that he walked with, the very person that he gave his life to follow. All of a sudden he's now saying, I don't know the man. And all of us walk through failures in life. All of us, I mean, it's one thing to, 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 to scratch somebody's car. <laughs> but it's another thing to deny a friendship. You know, the, the, the depth of betrayal, the depth of that kind of wound, it goes deep. It's a hard one to come back from. And one of the things that we know is this. That's all happened only 50 days prior to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So you can imagine the journey that these guys had been on. You imagine what they must have been contemplating. And it was even as I said, I spoke on the other week that when Jesus and Peter first came back together again, I, just, I felt it in my heart to share one of those other, one of our midweek devotions just recently. But there was a time where Peter and Jesus got back. The Bible says that Jesus was, this is the resurrected Lord. This is the resurrected Lord. And he is sitting, he's he's caught himself a fish somehow. So it tells me even in our resurrected body, we can still go fishing, which is a good thing. How did he get the fish? He caught it. So here's Jesus. He knows that there is, Peter's gone through a, an, an incredible time. He's, he knows that Peter has really mucked up and he must be feeling real stink about it. And so Peter and his, just Peter and the disciples, they go back fishing and they worked all night. They, went, they just went back to what they were used to. And this is where I think a lot of people, what, where a lot of people get stuck is this. is when things don't work out as they hope they would expected, they just go back to what they used to be doing. It's very easy to take a back step And just go back to the life that you once lived. How many times have I thought about that? I'm not telling. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you. But we've all felt like that. It would be very easy just to, in the midst of disappointment, just to say, well, what the heck was all that about anyway? And take a step back and say, well, I'm just going to go back to what I was used to be doing. Kind of much easier. Save all the problems, I save my heart and the emotions going up and down. I'll save a whole bunch of that. I'll just rather just go home. Thank you. I've been in that place many times. But there was something inside me. <laughs> Interesting, they went back. They caught nothing. In other words, there's nothing there back in that life for you. You can go back if you like, but there won't be anything there for you nothing no matter how hard you work it can be nothing for you nothing because there's a bigger purpose behind that we're going to get to it and so Jesus sitting there by the lake must have been thinking oh these boys they're going to give it a go for a while but they're going to be pretty hungry so I'll cook them a kai kai moana see. he must have even baked his own bread because he had bread and fish on the, on the fire And the boys were about, they weren't that far off. They were just kind of watching from a distance. They were fishing from a distance. And and one of them looks over and says, hey, who's that over there? And Jesus said, hey, have you caught any fish? How's that life getting on for you? How's that life working out for you? And then one of them got the understanding, it's the Lord. It's Jesus. The Bible says that Peter, he just jumped on his, put on his tunic, he just leaped straight into that water. Did a hundred meter dash. What the scripture doesn't say is this. When you read it, it's, what, what, when you read the scripture, it says this, Peter got out of his boat, which tell, got out of the boat, got there first. So what do they do? Because the Bible says then, he went back and helped the others drag the boat up. So there must have been a time there where it was just him and Jesus. And the reason why it wasn't actually recorded is because it was just him and Jesus had a conversation. Jesus, Peter knew that he had really failed, but he came back to Jesus. He came back to Jesus. Here's what I would suggest knowing that Peter, knowing that he had denied him, that he had betrayed him, that he just failed majorly. I wonder what kind of conversation. Here's what I know that Jesus would not have said. Were you naughty, naughty little boy? Get that we whistle, I'm not going to slip. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, slap your ass. No, that's what Jesus did. Here's what I imagine Jesus would have done. Looked at Peter in the eyes as Peter ran puffing up the beach. Bamboozled. And he would have said something like, it's good to see you, Peter. I missed you. I really missed you missed you. We're not social distancing here, but Come. Come. I love you, Peter. I missed you. That's the heart of Jesus. That's what he's like. He's not here to jandle you or anything like that. No matter how deep you feel like you've failed, no matter how deep you feel like you've mucked up, or doesn't matter how deep or how much in chaos, I mean, you've got to admit, I mean, the have experienced grounds opening and people coming out of the graveyards and stuff like that. Walking on water, Hey, is Now he's back fishing. What a ride! It must have been emotional. And Jesus looked at him and said, "He must have looked. At, he must have just said, 'Come. It's good to see you again.' I don't believe one bit that he would have held as Peter's failure one bit, because the emphasis is always of reconciliation. I love you, Peter. I've missed you. Good to see you. Now get those boys. <laughs> Go get them in. The boys got it. And so this is the setting, and I'll just I'll get you right into it. And so 50 days later, so this happened just only a few days after, so after Jesus arose and had that encounter. So Jesus, so what's happening is Peter's, they've just had this amazing, another crazy experience. We got reconciled with Jesus again. He told me everything's okay. And then this wind comes and everyone starts speaking all these crazy languages. That... And now what? And this is where I want to pick up. And I'm just going to move through it fairly quickly. In the midst of this celebration, in verse 14 of Acts chapter 2, verse 12 sorry it says amazed and perplexed they asked one another what does this mean? some however made much fun of them and said they have had too many burbies. too much wine too much drinks they've gone nuts you know sometimes we ask ourselves still ask ourselves this, that same question what does all this mean? ah oh, this is just nonsense anyway, I'll just go back but in the midst of that you wonder what's going through Peter's heart at that time he's sitting there, he's just been touched afresh by the Holy Spirit he's mended the gap with Jesus, he's got those thoughts of he's, That the words of Jesus must still be fresh in his heart, it's good to see you again, go feed my sheep he's felt the touch of the Holy Spirit and then he's sitting there. Something inside of him is stirring. I've got to get up and say something. I've got to get on to get onto my feet again. What's crazy is this. He must have been sitting, the Bible says that they're in Jerusalem. Well, that was the very place that Peter himself denied Jesus three times. Here he was. He must have been thinking, here I am in the same place that I made the biggest failure of my life. Here I am again. But this time it's different. This time I feel feel just something inside of my spirit. I feel I ain't going fishing again, that's for sure. So Peter gets up onto his feet. Peter stood up he stood up on the place of defeat and failure I don't know about you but just this one line stands out to me, Peter stood up Peter stood up Peter could have sat there and just carried on thinking about man this is crazy no no no, but Peter stood up stood up on the very place he failed What the goodness of God. That's the goodness of God, that in the places that we feel like we've mucked up, Lord would say, that looks a very good place for you to stand up. That looks like a great place for you to get back up onto your feet. Often the place of failure, and when we're failed in our, our places of failure, often they stay like unfinished business. and I just feel like this that sometimes we get into that space and and that's the goodness of God that in the spaces where we have felt like a failure God does something good I love what um, I love what uh, um, Isaiah 60 says Isaiah 60 verse 13 it talks about the coming of kings coming to the land bringing gifts and it talks about the feet because when you stand up it speaks of the feet getting up on your feet. It's kind of the same spiritual symbolism as, as Jesus restoring the lame man and, and getting strength back into our feet. It, re- it speaks of the lifestyle. It speaks of decisions. Our feet speaks of uh, there's a whole bunch of things our feet speak of, but when we get up onto our feet, it's kind of like a strength comes back into our life again. Hope comes back into our life again. I love what, and so I love what um, Isaiah 60 it says. Uh, it talks about, uh, it's a that this place would be a place of restored glory and restored honor, restored glory and restored honor. So in other words, this, when Peter is standing back up, when he stands up onto his feet, not only is he standing up uh, as a man physically, but he is standing up and restoring glory and, and being part of the restoration of honor. So his honor is restored. The fact is this, when it, if you have failed again, often God will bring you back to the place for you give you a chance to stand up on your feet again. And when you stand up on your feet again, on that place of failure and mistake, I can tell you this, that glory can come. There's, a, there's an honor, there's a restoration that come. But you've got to stand to your feet. You've got to just get up off your feet. You've got to stand up again. You've got to allow, you've got to respond to the call of God. So it's like, the other thing about this is this, that um, in, in Acts chapter 26 and verse 16, uh, Paul is talking and sharing his testimony about how the Holy Spirit, that how, the, how the angel of God came and smacked him off his horse. And then it was the words that, they, that, they, that the Lord spoke to Peter, uh, sorry, spoke to Paul. And he said, get up onto your feet. Somebody say, get up onto my feet. I can't hear you. Get up onto my feet. He said, get up onto your feet. And, he said, and then he commissioned them with a sense of purpose. So the whole th- the spiritual significance of getting up onto our feet on our place of failure is this. Restoring glory it's restoring honor. But getting up onto our feet is also a symbolism of putting our feet or setting ourselves into purpose again. Is setting ourselves back. And there are times when I've been in that position where I felt like sitting down there. I felt like I failed. I felt like I messed up. I felt like just sitting down. But the Holy Spirit stirs inside of my heart and says, Dave, you just got to get back up again. You just got to get to your feet again. I don't care what everyone is. It doesn't really matter if you've failed really bad. Just get back up onto your feet again. You see when the, the angel of the Lord spoke to Daniel and Daniel was on his face before the Lord and he said, get back up onto your feet again and let me speak to you. So getting up onto your feet is embracing purpose. So the moment that Peter got up onto his feet was the birthing of the New Testament church. I wonder what is waiting to be birthed, what harvest is waiting to be birthed from your life. Sure, you've walked through some pain. Sure, you might be going through some disappointment. Sure, you might be experiencing chaos and turmoil in your life right now. But the Holy Spirit is always calling us to get back up onto our feet. I myself, even the last couple of weeks, have questioned to the Lord. Why did I go back through it? Why did I go through all that sort of stuff? Why did I go through hours of wondering if it was going to... Why did I work out and go through hours of disappointment? Why did I go through all that? Why, Lord? I just felt, get up on your feet. Stand on your feet. I've called you to something greater. So the Bible also says this. He goes on, he, he gets up onto his feet. Together, together with other people. So this is not just about a one-man show. And I believe right now, even in my own heart, there is a getting up on my feet. I've made a decision, I'm going to get up under my feet. Doesn't matter what other people do or say. Whether people walk with me, I'm going to stay walking with me, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I will stand up on my feet. I'll geek standing up on my feet and I will stand for what I need to be standing for. He, stand, he stood with the others. So today, as even as a pastor, I'm standing with other pastors. I'm not just standing in my own right. I stand with other pastors in this, in this region. I stand with other pastors today in, this, in, the, in, our, in our city. I stand with other pastors across, across the nation. I'm standing with people today as we speak. So it's not just about one man just having my own thing. No, it's standing together collectively for a purpose. It's not about creating individual superstars. Not one bit. No, it's about standing together. And so Peter stood up with the others and lifted his voice and addressed the crowd. In other words, he raised his voice. Your voice is like a trumpet. Your voice is an expression. It's one of the most spiritual gifts that you have to express it. When you speak your voice, it speaks of your hopes and dreams and your fears. There's something about your voice. There's something about standing up and then putting expression to it. Hello. You've got to start speaking faith. Instead of speaking hopelessness and starts, some people speak too much injustice, and you know what? You'll end up back on your knees again and back on the ground. Start speaking faith. Start coming together. Start getting back up onto your feet and responding, like even before. You know what? When I was when I just prayed for some people, I don't know. I'm just standing there and I'm just thinking, well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does? All I felt was just the quickening of the Holy Spirit. Joel, Abigail, just a few people like that. Like, well, I don't know. Just, but I'm just gonna. What if it doesn't work? What if, it just, what if they look at me and go, "What?" Well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get back up into my feet and I'm going to keep doing it. Why? Because I believe in what the promise comes afterwards is that there is a harvest. You know, the Bible says that after Peter got up and got onto his feet, after he put voice to what he was feeling inside, after he started to express, the Bible says that 3,000 were added that day. In the season of one harvest, there was also a season of another harvest. I am believing today that as we get up onto our feet, that as we make a stand, that one, that, that a sense of purpose would come into your life, that two, you would experience a fresh honor and a fresh glory come around over your life, a restored honor, a restored glory. I also believe this, that it would come into a, harbor, a season of harvest over your life, a season of goodness, a season of prosperity over your life but I'm going to receive that 100% I want to encourage you this it was the boldness released the harvest one of the things I want to encourage you and and challenge you with this back in uh, back in Genesis chapter 48 it's one of the it's a blessing and this blessing is still recited it is still or mostly recited in Jewish families every, every Friday night and it's the only recorded blessing of a grandfather to his grandchildren and so there's two blessings there's the, there's the main blessing that Jacob blessed his grandchildren with and then there was the additional blessing the added blessing and it was the added blessing that every, uh, nearly every Jewish father would speak over his sons and daughters may you be like Manasseh and Ephraim' it's basically he's saying is this may All who follow be like you. But prior to that, there's another blessing that he says. He charges his grandsons, he charges his grandsons this. He says, may you walk in the presence of God like I have and like my fathers before me have walked. May you walk in the presence of God. Here's the next one. And may you stand, somebody say stand. May you stand for what we have stood for. May you stand for what I stood for. May you stand for what my fathers have stood for. May you stand. May you be people that keep getting on your feet no matter what life comes in front of you. May you arise. Maybe May you keep ascending, even though you're gonna get knocked down, even though at some point you'll go through a holocaust. Maybe even at times you're gonna go through defeat, at times you're gonna wonder what's going on. May you be people that keep getting up onto your feet. May you stand for the very thing that we stood for. The question will be, one, what are you standing for? And two, will you stand? Will you stand for something? For me as a church and for us as Kate and I and for us as a church, we are standing on the mission that Jesus Christ gave us. And this is to preach the gospel to to, to those who are held captive, to set free, to to, to bring hope, to bring freedom, to, to bring healing to the hearts of broken people to restore hearts, to restore lives, to to, to, to to set people free. That's what the anointing, that's what the whole empowerment of the Holy Spirit was for. Not just for us to have goosebumps and just, it's all good, but the bottom line is this. We are anointed with the Holy Spirit for a purpose. The question will always be, will we stand to our feet? Will we get up onto our feet? Will we embrace that purpose? May our lives be something that count. May we stand for something. As opposed to just sitting down and complaining and reminiscing about how bad life should be or what people other people should have done get back up onto your, get onto your feet again get onto your feet again get onto your feet again for kate and i we just decided we're just going to keep getting back up onto our feet we'll make some mistakes along the way We'll have some failures, but we're going to keep getting back up onto our feet. We will keep standing for what God has called us to stand for. That is to build His church, to bring hope to people, to to carry His life, to carry His presence into the world around us. The question is, will we all do that together? Maybe? Maybe? I reckon so. Why don't we just stand up onto our feet? Come on, lift up your hands. Lord, we worship you today. Lord, we worship you today. Lord, we worship you today. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. We welcome your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your spirit within us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in our midst, for your presence in our hearts today. Arise, Holy Spirit, in our lives today. Arise, Holy Spirit. Come on, lift your voices today. Come on, let something arise. Put a voice, put expression to what you believe. Yes, Jesus. Come on, worship Him. Come on, let's give Him some expression. experienced failure in your life you may have maybe a big gap between you and the Lord right now a big gap maybe you've never ever received him as your saviour or maybe you've once walked with him but now there's a whole bunch of junk that got on the way some failures and may have done some pretty bad things kind of wondering if the Lord would ever use me Just like Peter, we recognised it was the Lord waiting on the beach. He's waiting on the beach with the fish and the bread, not a jander or a stick. Waiting with the fish and the bread to strengthen him. There are people here today, Jesus is calling you. He's waiting. Waiting. the beach you know that you've drifted, your heart's drifted maybe you've made some mistakes and failures or whatever, it's between you and God only, only you know what's going on there but today he's calling you why don't you make a decision in your heart to come close to him today this is the words I feel the Lord wants to speak to you it's good to see you again I missed you, I really did, I love you, I'm so glad to see you, I'm glad that you're here. I'm really glad that you're here. It didn't remind him of the failure, I don't believe that one, but it's the, it's the goal is about restoration. Peter already knew he had made a mistake, you didn't need to be reminded of it. He's, Jesus is not going to remind you of your mistakes. You know darn well what's going on inside there. Jesus is more interested about, good to see you again. Love you, Peter. Just come and have a kai together. Maybe you're here today, and you're like Peter. That's the word of the Lord to you. Why don't you have a conversation in your heart right now? Knowing the Lord's not angry with you. He's not going to jandle you. He's not going to stick you. He just wants to say, it's good to see you. I love you. And then set him on purpose again. Why don't you make a decision in your heart right now? Jesus, I come to you. Messed up. I'm not even sure what's going on. I'm not even sure what just happened. I just mucked up, Lord. Let Him touch you. Your sins are forgiven. Maybe you're here today you've been a bit perplexed about what's going on. You know, some things we never really understand at the time, it's not until we look back in reflection. We can really see what God was doing, or we're trying to do it all along. The question was always this is not whether we understand fully, it's whether we respond and whether we stand in faith. The question will be this. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you, He's called you. He's called every one of you to stand in somewhere, some space. The question is: will you stand? Will you respond to His presence today? Will you respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit? For me, I've got to make decisions that I don't always understand. I don't understand why. But every day I make decisions. I just make a decision to get back up on my feet again. Just make a decision to follow, to make a decision to trust Him. Why don't you make that decision today? Why don't you, on this day of Pentecost, respond to the Holy Spirit? You stand for him. Make your life count. I bless you today. May you stand for what my father, my father before him stood for. May you stand for what Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob stood for. May you stand in faith. May the Lord strengthen you May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord bless your homes, your households, your hearts. May the Lord strengthen you with the power of his Spirit today. Today I call you to respond again in Jesus' name. Lord you know God's people said. Come on, all God's people said. Guys, I love you very much. I really do. This is why I do what this is why we do what we do is why I pray at night time wondering why I do some things it's because of you because I believe in what God has placed in your life I don't always understand but I just got to keep standing up how about you why don't it bless you why don't you go and take somebody out for a coffee or a cup of tea or I don't know do something I look forward to seeing you again real soon next week love you guys, bless you